1: Greetings, happy crossover Wednesday to our listeners. This is Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks. I'm joining forces with Bill Rossetti of Locked On Panthers to preview Sunday's upcoming matchup in Charlotte. The Seahawks at ten and three, going against the five and eight Panthers. Bill, really looking forward to discussing this matchup. I know the Panthers have been struggling, but these two teams always seem to play slugfest when they play each other, regardless of the record.
0: Yeah, this is this is always a fun. Sh- fun game and yeah uh, good to be here with you Corbin glad to get this going here with you yeah yeah these these are always fun games uh it's, it feels like every year these two are going at and it's always pretty tight so you know hopefully this will be another another fun one to watch obviously the Panthers are quite down from uh, previous meetings with the Seahawks but you know it's the west coast team coming to the east coast for a one o'clock game so there's always that so yeah it, sh- it should be another fun one this week
1: The Seahawks have actually been pretty darn good in those early starts, but... At the same time, they are coming back from a really tough loss to the Rams, so maybe there will be a little bit of a hangover from that game. Normally, that's not what happens with the Seahawks. They're too well coached, but as you mentioned, this is a long trip, and the Seahawks actually have some worthwhile injuries to discuss going into this game. They lost Rashad Penny on Sunday night for the season to a torn ACL, and I think that's a pretty big loss going into this game because the Panthers, and we'll talk about this more later, they have really struggled to stop the run game, and obviously Chris Carson's still going to be there, your 1,000-yard rusher. He's the main guy, but Rashad Penny was really coming on the last couple weeks. He had over 200 rushing yards and wins against the Eagles, and the Vikings had a really explosive play on a screen on Sunday night. Unfortunately, that's when he got injured, so he is done for the year. A really big loss. Now they're going to have to have fragile C.J. ProSize fill in for him, and if ProSize is actually healthy, he's pretty good. The, the problem is, as they say in a Christmas story, he's fragile. Uh, the guy guy really struggles to stay on the field. Nico Thorpe, their corner slash special teams standout. He was also placed on injured reserve today, and that's actually a pretty big loss because of his special team's contributions. So not having Nico Thorpe, that's a pretty big deal for the Seahawks ended up calling up Ryan Neal from the practice squad to replace him a guy that previously was with the Eagles and the Falcons has played in one NFL game so he's going to be replacing Thorpe on special teams but clearly losing Rashad Penny is the biggest deal for the Seahawks going into this game against the team against a team that has really struggled to stop the run all season long
0: yeah no doubt uh, Rashad Penny absolutely was it was really nice to see him start to to come along and kind of turned into that back that the seahawks were hoping they were going to get in the uh that they drafted in the first round you know kind of on the flip side panthers dealing with some injuries themselves as well uh biggest one is like is definitely greg olsen the uh the tight end who was in the concussion protocol missed week 14 with a concussion was limited in practice on wednesday but uh, it's still kind of early to tell if uh, if Greg Olson is going to be able to go on Sunday. And we, we kind of touched on this before and we'll touch on it a little more later. Uh, the Seahawks have struggled against opposing tight ends as well. So if Greg Olson can't go, look for a lot more Ian Thomas. You saw him a little bit in Week 14. I'm excited to see him a little bit more. But Greg Olson, definitely the biggest name right now. On the injury list, Mario Addison also didn't practice Wednesday with a chest injury, but it does sound like he'll be back later in the day. So, not too much. Uh, Greg Little, Marquise Haynes, and Gerald McCoy also didn't practice, but uh, really not a lot of injuries, not too many injuries to talk about for the Panthers, other than the big one with Greg Olson.
1: Olsen would be a really key player for them to have in the lineup this week because the Seahawks, they just let Tyler Higby destroy them on Sunday night, and they have been in the top five or six giving up receptions and receiving yards to tight ends all season long, and really the two outliers have been their two games against the Rams. Gerald Everett had over 100 receiving yards against them in week five, and then Higby had over 100 in this past game on Sunday night, and they've had a couple other games. Kyle Rudolph had a pretty big game, big second half when they played the Vikings, almost took the Vikings back from a 17-point deficit to win that game. So that has been a big Achilles heel for the Seahawks. Their pass rush has been up and down all year and stopping tight ends, occasionally running backs out of the backfield. Now the Panthers have a pretty good one back there in Christian McCaffrey. So the Panthers, they've been struggling losing five straight, but they certainly have the pieces if everybody's healthy to give the Seahawks some fits. But Not having Greg Olson would certainly put a damper on those prospects. Ian Thomas would be looking to try to make up for that. And the Seahawks have shown this year you don't have to be a star tight end to put up big yardage against them. Gerald Everett has had kind of an up-and-down career as a receiver. And like I said, Week 5 absolutely torched them. So that is an injury that will need to be monitored the entire week. I know the Seahawks will be preparing as if he's going to play. But with concussions, especially the way that that protocol is handled now, uh, we're seeing guys miss more than one week quite a bit, so well, we'll have to just wait and see if he's ready to play. When we come back for the second quarter, we're going to start diving deep into this matchup. We'll start off with Seahawks offense, Russell Wilson and company against Luke Keekley and the Panthers defense. You're listening to Crossover Wednesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we move forward, let's talk about sex, good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go and you could increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed? Listen up bluechew.com that's blue like the color blue blue chew brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know they work you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Welcome back to Crossover Wednesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbin Smith for Locked On Seahawks, joined by Bill Rossetti of Locked On Panthers. And it's time to start diving deep into this matchup. I've talked about this a little bit earlier. The Seahawks and the Panthers, they have a history of playing really physical games. And for the most part, they've been low scoring. Obviously, Cam Newton is not going to be playing in this game. He's out for the season. So that's a big difference from previous matchups. We're used to seeing Cam Newton versus Russell Wilson. This time around, we won't see that. But let's start off looking at the Seahawks' offense against the Panthers' defense. Seattle still loves to run the football as much as any team. In the NFL, they had 218 rushing yards against the Minnesota Vikings two games ago, and then they come out against the Rams, and they were able to run the ball. The problem is they fell behind 21 to three, and it took them out of their game plan. They had to throw the ball more, and then that pass rush ended up teeing off on Russell Wilson. They're looking at this game against the Panthers, and and I find it really bizarre saying this because normally when we're discussing Seahawks-Panthers, it's discussing, ooh, they're going to have a really hard time running the ball that's a stout front line, but this Panthers defense has given up more explosive runs in the last two months than any team in football really have regressed in that area. The Seahawks probably are licking their chops a little bit about this matchup.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's always crazy to think this year's you know, this late in the season that a team with the likes of Luke Keekley and, and Shaq Thompson can be one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. But the, the the defensive line just really isn't getting pressure. You know, you know, Gerald McCoy has been up and down. Uh, losing K-1 short has been a big loss. I mean, um, you know, Vernon Butler has had himself a nice game or a nice season. He's really stepped up in place of short, especially being in a contract year. But he's still been kind of up and down. Dontari Poe out for the season, another big loss there. So they just have been getting gashed up the middle quite a bit. You're seeing a lot of these running backs. You know, even last week you saw some pretty big plays out of Devontae Freeman. You know, so they're struggling with all different types of backs. So you look at a guy like Chris Carson and the way he's been running the football, especially now with Penny out. Carson's going to get a lot of work, and it would not be surprising if he, if he has himself a big day. They've really got a key on him, but, you know, with the other guys on that offense, it's, it's going to be tough for, with a with a defense like the Panthers that is struggling in kind of all aspects and just doesn't have the talent matchup. This, this is going to be a tough stretch, I think. I think Chris Carson, you know, he's even behind what's been a—, a Interesting offensive line, to say the least. He's had himself a really nice season. So this is going to be tough, I think, for the, for this defense.
1: Yeah, the offensive line for the Seahawks, they've been really humming when it comes to blocking in the run game. Again, I mentioned this earlier, they were able to run the ball in the Rams. They just unfortunately could not continue to do so the way they wanted to because the way the game structure was set up, once they fell behind 18 points at halftime, they didn't abandon the run game, but they couldn't do what they wanted to do going into the game. The Rams dictated things. So Seattle's going to look to come out and really dictate the line of scrimmage this weekend against the Panthers, get the ball to Chris Carson. I expect C.J. Prosek as long as he can stay healthy is going to get plenty of carries. And I think rookie Travis Homer is going to get some opportunities in this game. They really like this kid. He's given them major contributions on special teams, had a 29 yard gain on a fake punt against the Vikings, showed off his explosiveness, a guy that can catch the ball to the backfield, a really good pass protector. So he's a really solid rookie running back that they like. So they feel like they can weather the storm. Neither one of those guys, ProSize or Homer, is as talented as Rashad Penny is. But the Seahawks are really good developing running backs and with their scheme I expect those guys are going to get their opportunities and unfortunately for the Panthers when you lose Dontari Poe and Quan Short both Mm -hmm. there's two huge run stuffers that you know losing those two guys suddenly makes that a very inferior defensive line and I think Gerald McCoy is still a solid player but he's not what he once was so really the injuries and age for a lot of those guys have been the biggest factor for that run defense the linebackers I think are still very good but you can't do a lot as a linebacker if the defensive line's getting destroyed all the time. And unfortunately for the Panthers, that's what's been happening. I look for Seattle to try to take advantage. This is not going to be one of those games where they're like, oh, they're a bad run defense, so let's throw the ball 50 times. They're not going to do that, I don't think. I think they're <laughs> going to come out and they're going to address that. Sometimes you see these coaches overthink things. I yep. don't think Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheim are going to do that. They're going to come out looking to establish that run game and really gash an area that's been a weakness for the Panthers. But. That's also going to set up their opportunities for play action, and it's been a little bit of a struggle the last three or four games for the Seahawks, throwing the football not near as effective as they were the first eight or nine games of the year. They've still got a very good receiving core. Russell Wilson, obviously capable of turning it back on at any point. He has not played at an MVP level the last month, but... This is a Panthers defense that's had its trouble. Run defense has been shaky at best. And the secondary, gotta wonder how they match up against Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Josh Gordon, the player that I think is really, really close to having a breakout game, he just needs some targets. Wilson's not throwing the ball to him enough
0: absolutely and that that's going to be another tough matchup i think you know this secondary of the panthers has struggled all season long james Bradbury has regressed dante jackson has not had a good second season uh, and you saw it in the atlanta game he just got burned so many times especially on that 93 yard pass and you know he's over here blaming the coaches and not really putting a, a good look out for himself you know when you look at this matchup with the seahawks you're right josh gordon has really started to been st- Uh, to step up lately Uh, really feels like he's really starting to come into his own with the Seahawks feels like he's going to have that breakout, excuse me, he's going to have that breakout at some point or another. And him and Russell Wilson, I think are going to have a really good connection and it it could come this week. And if it's not Josh Gordon, you know, Tyler Lockett is still the stud there, you know, and there, there's some other guys like you mentioned, but uh, really, really going to be a tough matchup. I think with, how inconsistent this uh, secondary has been versus just you know the the playmakers that the Seahawks have, and the, and the Panthers have struggled against these kind of guys. You know, a guy like Tyler Lockett can just be on and so many levels of the field, and he's a he's a kind of guy that's he's going to give the Panthers fits. And Russell Wilson, he's just you know, he just does what he does and he just has to get the ball in the hands of of some of these guys. So really going to be intrigued how they try to match up with Lockett, try to match up with Gordon. But again, like with the run game, it's not going to be easy because there's just so much talent on the Seahawks offense. It just feels like a a bit of a mismatch compared to, you know, some of the guys that the Panthers have on defense. You know, this is clearly not uh, a top secondary that the Seahawks are going to see. You know, it's not like the Rams that they saw last week or the Vikings two weeks ago. It's definitely a lot lower of a level. So I think the Seahawks are definitely going to take advantage of that. I think you're going to see some pretty good games out of Lockie. You might see a couple big passes out of – a couple big catches out of Josh Gordon. So overall, I mean, this Panthers defense is really going to have their work cut out for them.
1: I think D.K. Metcalf is the one to highlight because of what he just Metcalf did this last week. Too. Yeah, he slipped six my mind catches, for a second. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah,
1: six catches on six targets against the Rams. He was really, he and Chris Carson were the two bright spots in Seattle's offense on a night where there wasn't much positive going on in the offensive side of the football, but he's had his issues this year. He's dropped some passes. He's had issues fumbling after the catch, uh, but he's really had an exciting year. He leads rookie receivers in a number of different categories, receptions, receiving yards. He's right in the thick of things for the touchdown. He could have a triple crown for the receiving receivers at the rookie class with those three statistics by the end of the season. So he's really exceeded expectations this year, and yet there still feels like there's so much room to improve. So that's kind of scary for opponents, thinking about this guy already doing what he's doing, and he's still a pretty raw receiver. But I think the one thing he's proven this year is that he's a much better route runner than people realized coming out of Old Miss. You can see on the game film, and I've seen improvements from him In that regard all season long. So I look at the Panthers secondary. And as much as I love Tyler Lockett. He has been struggling a little bit. Since he had a leg injury. He suffered against the 49ers. He looks healthier again. But this actually looks like a matchup to me. Those bigger bodied receivers like Metcalf and Gordon. And I might even say David Moore as an opportunity. He had a touchdown last year. That ended up winning the game. Are tying the game against the Panthers last year. So he's played well in Carolina. Those bigger-bodied receivers, I think, are going to create some real matchup problems for that secondary. When we come back in the third quarter, we're going to switch gears – Panthers offense against the Seahawks defense not a great first half for Seattle against the Rams but they bounced back in the second half now they're going against a Panthers offense that's become a bit one-dimensional as of late but certainly have plenty of weapons looking forward to breaking down that matchup you're listening to Crossover Wednesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network and we're back it's Crossover Wednesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network I'm Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks joined by Bill Rossetti of Locked On Panthers Panthers coming in at 5-8, going to be hosting the Seahawks 10-3, suffered their first road loss of the season on Sunday night, and part of the problem was a really flat defensive performance in the first half. Jared Goff, I mentioned this yesterday on the show, he could have been throwing darts from a recliner in the backfield in the first half. The Seahawks weren't getting any pressure on him. The receivers were getting wide open, tons of separation, and it didn't seem like the Seahawks were making any adjustments. They're going to get an opportunity now going against a Panthers offense that has really struggled as of late. Obviously, you have plenty of playmakers, but this will be a chance to right the ship, and they did have a stronger second half. Quandre Diggs with two interceptions on Jared Goff that kept the Seahawks somewhat in the game, but the offense wasn't able to capitalize. Bill, looking at this Panthers offense... Kyle Allen comes in for an injured Cam Newton early in the year, and he was playing outstanding football, went several games without any interceptions. There were, there were a lot of murmurs out there, you know, maybe it's time to move on from Cam Newton because this young kid is playing really, really well. But then in the past month or so, the Kyle Allen hype train has not only come off the tracks, it's completely flipped over and derailed. W- what has gone on with him the last three or four games?
0: He's just really struggled to hold on to the football, I think. You know, that that was the biggest reason for a lot of his success early in the season, especially during that four-game win streak that they had earlier. But now he's just throwing bad interceptions. He's had a a couple fumbles. He's just really kind of killed this offense and killed a lot of momentum that they've been trying to build on on some of these drives. And, you know, it just puts the Panthers in a bad position because obviously uh, a lot of – a lot of these opponent drives have been starting in their territory. It, it's just been frustrating, you know, with just how bad he's he's been throwing the ball in. That, this whole offense really is predicated on getting the ball, just getting the ball into the hands of your playmakers, you know. So all he has to do is just take care of the football and just get into the hands of guys like DJ Moore and Craig Olson and Ian Thomas, and he struggled to do that. And it's, you know, a big reason why you're seeing the last couple games – they haven't really put up a lot of points and some of these defenses have just or some of these opposing offenses, I should say, have just been having their way with them and you get a you get a result like you did last week where Atlanta's beating them by about three touchdowns. So it so yeah, Kyle Allen has has really regressed from the first half of the season and unfortunately there's really not another option because clearly they're not ready to put Will Greer in, so the Panthers are kind of stuck with Kyle Allen. So it's right now you're just kind of riding the train out and you're just hoping that it doesn't completely crash. I mean, like you said, it's, it's already derailed at this point. It's just kind of preventing any more further damages. As, as a, as, as tough as that sounds, that's it, definitely easier said than done. So, you know, against a, a defense like the Seahawks, it, it's going to be tough. Like it's, it's just, it, and I know I've been using that term a lot, but it's it's not easy this week. It's it's a it's a bad matchup. You know that defense, especially that front line, I think is going to swarm Kyle Allen. He's going to feel a lot of pressure. I think he's going to struggle, continue to struggle to hold on to the football. I mean this this offense has just looked ugly the last couple of weeks, and it's frustrating because I had such high hopes for this offense going into the season. I, I really thought, you know, I I, I was I used to sit before the season thinking this team was going to win 10 11 games and it's just been too many struggles so yeah it's it's frustrating it's it's definitely frustrating to say the least
1: it's it feels like the 49ers broke Kyle Allen I look back at that year because he was playing so well up to that point and we have seen this in the past where you have unheralded young quarterbacks and Kyle Allen such a weird story to begin with because he was the number 1 quarterback recruit. Texas A&M brought him in. He ends up transferring to Houston. He really struggled at Houston. So he went undrafted. Panthers end up bringing him in. And then he comes in and just starts lighting it up when Cam Newton's hurt. And he did it for an extended period of time. It's not like it was a one-game thing. He was playing really well pretty much the entire first half. But since that 49ers game where they just got ran out of the building, and obviously San Francisco was an outstanding team. They've got a nasty front line. But... He has not recovered from that game, and things have just continued to spiral downward. And it's too bad because you can see some of the skills there that he's got. He's got a decent throwing arm. He's got decent touch on his passes, but he just has not been in the same. Decision-making has really gone downhill since that 49ers game. And you got to believe it was the constant pressure from Bosa and company getting after him. And they have so many weapons. I think that's the thing I really want to highlight here. And this segment is, yes, Kyle Allen has really struggled, but. They have arguably the best skill player in the NFL right now in the backfield. Christian McCaffrey, even with all the struggles that Kyle Allen's had, over 1,200 rushing yards, over 700 receiving yards. He has scored over 10 touchdowns when he combined the two. I mean, he's just been a touchdown machine this year, catching and running the football. He is the ultimate Swiss Army knife. Pete Carroll was just raving about him today, and, and why wouldn't you with the numbers he's putting up? DJ Moore is is approaching that 1,000-yard market receiving a player that I've talked about on our podcast several times a couple years ago I wanted the Seahawks to pick him and they passed over him a couple times by trading back Panthers now have him. I'd love to see what Russell Wilson could do throwing the football to him. Obviously, Seattle has gone out and got some other receivers since then, but uh, that was somebody that was really intrigued by. But McCaffrey, DJ Moore, you mentioned Greg Olson still being very good when he's healthy. They've got weapons. It just for whatever reason, Kyle Allen just kind of discombobulated a little bit, and it's made it that those other players haven't been able to be featured as much as as you would like. Though McCaffrey, like I said, he somehow <laughs> continues to put up these monster numbers. I'm really I'm stunned he's been able to do it it really proves to me a stud running back truly matters
0: and especially with having a poor quarterback poor offensive line I mean you're right it's you have to appreciate what Christian McCaffrey does he is this Carolina Panthers offense and obviously DJ Moore to some extent but just what Christian McCaffrey does it's why he was getting some love for uh and M- for MVP at the beginning of the season obviously that's not going to happen now but um He's he may even still get some votes. What he does because that offensive line has struggled too as well. Uh, it, it's just kind of been a a total effort, say, for you know a couple spots. So Christian McCaffrey definitely the highlight. So it's going to be interesting how Seattle schemes against him. You know, S- Carolina still finds ways to get McCaffrey the football. You know, targeting him twelve times a game, giving him about. 10 to 15 rushes so they're they're always no matter how bad the offense looks overall they look to find ways to get Christian McCaffrey the ball so you know pr- pretty easy for Scott Turner you know coming off his first game as the actual offensive coordinator now now that they shuffled some things around so uh, the these last couple games I'll, I'll still be interested to see how he continues to just work with this offense and work with Christian McCaffrey, but Again, overall, it's just so frustrating because, you know, even when Cam Newton was in there and he was injured, you just saw this offense was so limited. And there's just so much, so much potential that is going to be left untapped. So, you know, you worry, you worry about wasting McCaffrey, I think, if that makes sense, kind of wasting his prime, similar to like, uh, like Mike Trout with the Angels, where you, you know, you, you want to hope you build the team back up that his uh that he's not being wasted on a team that's losing like 90 percent or not 90 but uh, losing about 60 65 percent of their games year in and year out so it's like i said it's going to be it's going to be fascinating how they continue to use him, knowing that kyle allen is struggling knowing that uh seattle may dare kyle allen to beat them that to me at this point i think that's a simple way to beat the panthers is you just dare kyle allen to beat you. and if he does great if not which most likely will happen well he won't beat you then you're you're in good shape because then you can handle christian mccaffrey you can handle dj moore it's not too many spots now against this panthers offense that you really have to focus on to make you feel good about your chances of winning a football game
1: I look at this game with McCaffrey. The thing that worries me the most is his receiving ability because Seattle has had trouble with really good running backs out of the backfield. I know Alvin Kamara had a huge game against him back in week three. Uh, David Johnson had a big game for the Cardinals the following week. Uh, Nick Chubb had some big plays catching the football and running the ball. So they've had a few games this year they've really had trouble. For the most part, the run defense has improved from last year. So they have to feel a little bit more confident going into this matchup than they did a year ago. Christian McCaffrey just carved them up in that game it helped that they had cam newton back there that's the threat to keep the football as well that really stresses the defense you're not going to get that with kyle allen but christian mccaffrey is still the guy they are going to be highlighting him and i think you summed it up perfectly that seattle's going to go into this game and they're going to say okay kyle allen we know early in the year you were beating some teams with your arm but uh, we don't trust that you can do that now So we're going to try to ramp up some pressure on you. We're going to bring some extra guys, maybe some blitzers from the linebacking group. Maybe we'll blitz from corners occasionally. Maybe our front four can get the pressure we need because that Panthers line has struggled, but we're going to get in your face, and we're going to force you to beat us. We are not going to let Christian McCaffrey win the game running the ball, and we're certainly not going to let him win the game after the catch as well. He's going to be the guy they're going to be highlighting. Some teams have had success doing that, but obviously most have not, so he is still a guy that can single-handedly ruin games for defenses, but they're going to go into this game thinking, Let's let Kyle Allen, let's, get, let's put the ball on his court and say, if we're going to lose this game or it's going to be close, it's going to be because you're playing well. And if you play like you have the last month, we're going to make you turn the ball over about five times. The Seahawks have been, I think they have 13 turnovers the last four games of their defense so they've been getting a lot of turnovers lately in bunches they're going to be looking to continue that so with that being said real quick going into this game obviously the Seahawks are going to be heavily favored but they are coming off a tough loss I mentioned earlier maybe there will be a little hangover effect they always have a tough time in Carolina how do you envision this game playing out
0: yeah it's I I think Seattle goes in and they have a a pretty easy time actually you know forget about the whole west coast going in I kind of Touched on that in the beginning, but in a way, kind of forget about it because I think Seattle's going to go into Carolina and I think they're going to be able to kind of move the ball at will. Uh, Russell Wilson, I think, will have another strong day throwing. And you know, this team's angry too because their offense looked really sluggish against the Rams on Sunday night. So they're going to go in fired up. I think Russell Wilson's going to throw a couple touchdown passes. Uh, Chris Carson's going to have himself a nice game, might run for 100 yards. Uh, th- this is this has the feel of like a thirty-one fourteen type of game I think for the Seahawks
1: the Seahawks have really struggled to move and separate away from opponents this year when they get leads Vikings game for example they're up 17 they ended up making it interesting and I've talked about this a few times it's almost like Pete Carroll and company they view it like a reality TV show and and he was joking about this after the game against Minnesota like 17 points that just proved to be too much and so they ended up letting the other team get back in the game but it, that's what it feels like though so like they're cardiac kids they love to keep games close and that's what was weird about Sunday is the game never really felt close even when they were able to get it within 21 to 9 it never felt close because the offense was stinking so bad but I think that the offense will wake up this game they have to I think Carolina will come out ready to play they 're going to punch him in the mouth a few times. christian McCaffrey 's going to have his plays. I think Kyle Allen will make a couple nice completions at some point, but I just think the talent discrepancy here is too much right now for the panthers so i 'm going to go thirty four to seventeen as the final score i 'm in the same ballpark as you. I think it 's going to be one of those games maybe it 's closer till midway in the second half, and I think Seattle starts to pull away there 's just too much of a discrepancy there If the Panthers are full strength. We might still see Ron Rivera on the sideline. They just had so many injuries this year, especially with Cam Newton being out not having Poe and short in the middle. They've had a number of different guys get banged up. So I envision envision this game getting away from the Panthers, but I think that they're going to be pesky the first half as they always are, especially being the home team. I expect it will be a little closer than expected till the end. And then Seattle will finally get a win where they win by more than one score. They've only had one of those the entire year. And that came against Arizona earlier, Bill. It's been a pleasure talking about this game. Where can people find your stuff?
0: Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore uh, obviously Locked On Panthers, Panthers Wire, I also do Bengals Wire, I'm on Pro Football Network, kind of covering the league as well there, uh, do some college basketball work over at Rocky Top Talk, so uh, kind of all over the place now, and you know, getting ready for draft season to ramp up, getting ready for the Senior Bowl, so a lot of good stuff coming, I think, so it's, it's going to be a, a fun time, and yeah, it was definitely a pleasure working with you as well, man
1: yeah this guy sounds of it guys you need to follow all that stuff because you, if you follow different sports bill seems to be writing about pretty much everything from the sounds of it there so make sure that you check him out on social media and all the outlets that he's covering for various sports you can follow me on twitter at corbin smith nfl at seahawk underscore maven is for a radio show bill greatly appreciate it thanks to everybody for listening in to crossover wednesday here on the locked on podcast network